Welcome to the Divine Scheme Podcast. Exploring the ultimate conspiracy and its massive impact on your future. That's right. It's about you. And now your host, Mike McDonald. Welcome to Divine Scheme, a podcast that is about you. So listen carefully as I ask you a very interesting question. My question is this, do animals have souls? The reason I ask the question is simply because most people, whether they believe in an afterlife or not, think that people have an immaterial part of them that goes along with their physical bodies. This immaterial portion is often referred to as a soul. But do animals have souls? This question must be asked, and it must be answered, before we can probe deeper into you. I mean, if we can't figure out what makes a dog, how on earth are we going to figure out what defines us humans? Now here's the secret of God's divine scheme for creating animals. It's found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 30, a verse you may have read but never gave much thought to. So listen up. I don't want you to miss it. It's good. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 30, God told Adam and Eve the following, And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was soul. The operative word in this verse is the word life, wherein there is life. Our English word for life in verse 30 is actually translated not from one, but from two ancient Hebrew words. The two Hebrew words both refer to life, but from different points of view. The first is chi, which refers to brute physical life. The second is nephesh, which refers to the inward, the immaterial breath, the soul, the mind, the emotions, and the appetites. Therefore, God is telling us that the animals he created are designed to exist in two parts, body and soul. Now, the body is made up of flesh and blood. We all know that. But what makes up the soul? Well, when you think of it, four things probably pop into your head. The first is having a mind. That's your intellect, your reason, your memory. Secondly, emotions. Thirdly, a conscience. And fourthly, a will. If you have pets, according to our definition of mind, emotion, conscience, and will, you know that they have souls. They have a mind of their own and can remember those who treat them well from others who, well, did not. They have emotions and can be happy, playful, sad, and sometimes fearful. They have a conscience and know when they have or are doing something wrong. And finally, they have the will to decide what they want to do. It is true that the higher the life form, the stronger these traits are presented in their soul. Therefore, the English word life in Genesis chapter 1 verse 30 helps us to see animal life in a deeper way. But what does any of this have to do with you? It has everything to do with you. Because if animals were created with a body, and a soul, then so were you. But does that mean 
You are just another animal slinking around on planet Earth? No way. You see, in the very next chapter of Genesis, the same two Hebrew words for life are used again to describe man. But this time, the translators list them openly as two different components. Now listen carefully as I read Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. A living soul. Man, like animals, has the two components of body and soul, the physical and the non-physical. However, there are a couple things different that must be noted as they relate to you. First, it reads, God formed man of the dust of the ground. This forming action signifies a personal touch, such like a potter touching the clay that he is carefully fashioning. This type of creative work was not done to the animal. The second thing to note in verse 7 is the phrase, and breathed into his nostrils. God never personally breathed into the animals, but he did when he made the first man. The word for breathed refers to an inspiration of the soul, which produces the spirit. You are therefore composed of not one, but two immaterial parts. The soul, which is your personality, like what animals have, and the spirit, which is something animals were never given. Don't miss this. God's divine scheme when he created you was that you would have a unique non-physical chamber deep within your being that is solely from God's personal breath. Now picture this in your mind. It will help you understand what is going on with your existence. Close your eyes and picture an archery target. The target has a bull's eye center with two large concentric circles surrounding it. Envision that bull's eye as being your spirit. Picture the circle around it as being your soul and the circle around that as being your body. You were created with three parts. Not only is your soul more robust than an animal's, but you have an added feature of a spirit deep deep inside your body and soul that houses God's breath for you. Feeling special? You should be. Animals are limited in that their souls only relate to themselves and the entities around them on this earth. But you, oh, you are so much deeper in your thoughts. You see, only people think about what's out there. Only people experience existential crises. Animals don't go looking for God or the meaning of life, but you do. That's the spirit inside, attempting to connect with its creator. But why is your spirit searching? Why does it experience existential crises? Why is there such an unfulfilled hunger in its search for the eternal? That, my friend, will be looked at in my next podcast. The divine scheme, body, soul, spirit, it is about you. You've been listening to the Divine Scheme Podcast with Mike McDonald. Follow us each week for your regular dose of God's divine scheme involving you. That's right. It's about you. You.